good morning. Welcome. You're supposed to say welcome back to me. <laughs> welcome to those online. I'm assuming you're saying it back. I'm really happy to be here. I'm really excited to um, bring the word of God today. Uh, my name is Jody. I'm one of the pastors here at The Adventure. And uh, we're starting a new series in the book of Galatians. You know, sometimes we do something from the Old Testament. Sometimes we do like a they call it a topical series, so it's based on a certain topic. This one is, we are going through the book of Galatians from start to finish, and I really believe that it's very timely for, for the season of life that we are living in right now, and I think you'll see that as we get into this, but today, um, we're going to be covering how to live a transformed life. Have you ever, anybody want to be transformed Anybody want to just be like there, like living there in perfection? Well, we're going to talk about moving our lives and being transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit today. And we're also going to talk about a revelation of God. We're going to talk about sanctification and being set apart. Um, I, I do want to just remind you, though, uh, Pastor Ira talked about the classes. They were supposed to start last Wednesday, but there were some sewage issues. So I guess like the, the whole line got backed up. I know there's a sermon illustration in there somewhere, but um, anyway, so the classes are actually starting this week. So if you, if you weren't able to make it last week, that is a beautiful way to be able to grow and to be transformed by learning more about who God is. So just want to encourage you to come on Wednesday nights to some of the classes. Um, so we are talking out of the book of Galatians about this particular chapter is chapter one. And, and last week we laid a foundation on what the gospel is. The gospel is, what's another term for gospel? Good news. Yeah, you guys learned, you were listening. It's good news. It's not bad news. Good news is that Jesus Christ paid the penalty, that you don't have any debt anymore because Jesus already paid the price. Bad news is, oh, it's all up to you. You have to earn your salvation. You have to do good works for the rest of your life, and then maybe you might make it into heaven. That's not really good news, is it? Is that good news to anybody? That sounds like a lot of work. We are saved by grace. And, and one of the things that is our natural tendency as human beings is that we start to want to categorize things. We want to start to put them in lists. We want to start to have some control. We want to start to know, okay, um, if I do this, then this is going to happen. We really, really yearn for that, don't we? Anybody else? You just want to just live like, you want to know exactly what the rules are so you can follow them and what things you have to do. But we're not called to live that way. If we are born again of the Spirit of God, we are called to walk in the Spirit, which is kind of nebulous. It's a little scary. It's a little bit like taking a step and not knowing if you're going to land on solid ground. Anybody that's walked with the Lord for any period of time knows that. Living in the Spirit, you don't have like a, a list of rules and a list of laws. That's actually something that religion does. Did you know that in particular areas, there are spirits that are assigned by demonic forces? 
What do you think one of the spirits over this area is? Spirit or religion? Religion means it's something that's external, that someone else is trying to put on you. When life with Jesus is a relationship with our maker, it's everything goes back to having peace with God. Anybody struggle to have peace recently? Yeah. We're going to talk about this today. We're going we're gonna to talk about how we can be living like, you know, we sang that song that I, I'm not bound by fear anymore. I don't have to be a slave anymore to fear. You know, there's so much fear right now going around. Isn't there? Isn't there a sense? I mean, even yesterday, was anybody else a little nervous that there was going to be another attack, another terrorist attack? I was. I, I, I'm, I'm shocked that there wasn't one, actually. I'm thankful, so thankful. I mean, but that, that whole situation 20 years ago with 9-11, that transformed our society, and I believe that a spirit of fear started to take hold in our culture. And so much of what motivates people is fear. But we can be free from that. We don't have to live in fear anymore. And we're going to talk about it today. So we're going to turn to Galatians 1. We're going to talk about a revelation. We're going to talk about sanctification. And we're going to talk about transformation. Um, it says in Galatians 1.11, this is Paul the Apostle. Now, he has just talked about how the, these Judaizers, these religious zealots, had come in and tried to say, oh, yeah, you know, the whole Jesus thing is okay, but you have to do all these other things in addition. And, and Paul the Apostle is the guy who wrote this. He was ticked off. Now, this is a guy who used to persecute the Christian church, and he thought that he was doing it in the name of God. And you know, it's interesting because that is exactly what Jesus predicted for the last days, is that there's going to come a time, Jesus says in Matthew 24, where people are going to kill those who call themselves Christians, and they're going to think that they're doing it in the name of God. But yet, I'm standing up here telling you, you don't have to fear. Seems kind of crazy, right? Right? I was just telling this guy um, after first service, there, there's a story in the book of Acts where Thomas, he's, he's bringing the good news and he gets stoned, not that kind of stoned. He gets like rocks thrown at him. And I know some of you. Um, but it says that as they were stoning him, it said that his face shone like the face of an angel. And I remember asking my pastor one time, when I first became a Christian, I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do if somebody tells me to deny Jesus. I don't know if I'm strong enough to, to not deny him. And my pastor just said, you know, you're, you're going to have the grace. And I'm just thinking about, or I'm not, I'm not, his name's not Thomas, his name's Stephen. Sorry, you guys are all going to stone me now for being a heretic, <laughs> given the wrong Bible name. Um, his name was Stephen, but it said that his face, it shone. And I'm like, imagine what was happening to him during that time. I mean, most of us you'd think would be panicked, right? But we've called to live 
We're called to live a different standard, and that's what we're going to start with today, Galatians 1.11. Now, this is a guy who used to be called Saul of Tarsus, persecutor of Christians. He was a Pharisee. He was like the religious guy. He was the kingpin of Judaism. It says here, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, the gospel preached by me is not of human origin. In other words, he's saying, you can't... Nobody came up with this. Like, nobody just came up with this list of rules and said, okay, here's a new religion. This is not of human origin. It says, I did not receive this from a human source. And I was not taught it, but now I want you to get this. It came by a revelation of Jesus Christ. You know, it says, it says in John that, no one comes to the Lord unless the Holy Spirit draws them. And you cannot be born again unless you have had a revelation of Jesus Christ. That is what will bring you to transformation. It says, it came by a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard about my former way of life in Judaism. I intensely persecuted God's church and tried to destroy it. I mean, this guy was a murderer, and he thought he was doing it in the name of God. He was killing those who called themselves Christians, thinking that he was doing God's work because he did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah, the Savior. He did not believe he was the one who came to save people from their sins. And so he was so ticked at them that he murdered them. And then all of a sudden he has this revelation and does a 180 degree switch. Now that can only happen by the Spirit of God, by the Spirit of God bringing us a revelation. And today, we're going to talk about how we can experience that kind of a revelation in our own lives. So it says, you've heard about my former way. I advanced in Judaism beyond many contemporaries among my people because I was extremely zealous for the traditions of my ancestors. So he was way into the 633 laws and he was really into the whole Judaism thing and boom, gets a revelation of Jesus Christ, gets knocked off his horse and he is completely different. He is a completely different person. And then what he did... He, he set himself apart. He was sanctified, which means to, to be set apart and used for the purposes of God. It says, but in verse uh, 15, it says, when God, who from my mother's womb, remember we sang that song? From my mother's womb, you have chosen me. You hear that? From my mother's womb. That's when we're chosen. It says, God, from my mother's womb, from whom my mother's womb set me apart and called me by his grace, was pleased to once again reveal his son in me so that I could preach him. Now, here we go. Here's this guy who's an expert in Judaism, and it says that he's called to preach to the non-Jews. He's called to preach to the Gentiles. It says, I did, not, I did not immediately consult with anyone. I didn't go up to Jerusalem to those who had become apostles before me, but instead I went to Arabia, came back to Damascus. This kind of just gives the history of what he did. It says, after three years, I did go up to Jerusalem, got to know Cephas, who's also known as Peter, and I stayed with him 15 days, but I didn't see any of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. I declare in the sight of God, I am not lying in what I write to you. Afterwards, I went to the, to the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I remained personally unknown to the Judean churches that are in Christ. 
the whole point here was that he had this revelation of Jesus. Now, what we would do is we would expect him to go right out and start preaching, wouldn't we? Isn't that our way of thinking? But instead, he tucked himself away and he learned the things of God. He studied and he got to know who God is. And see, this is a thing that's lacking in so many of us. And so much of the time we get so busy, we get so wrapped up in doing stuff that we forget about the presence of God. Because the presence of God is always with us. God's presence doesn't leave, but we lose our awareness of it. Right? Anybody with me? We lose our awareness of God's presence. He is always there. He is always available. Just right during worship, I was standing down here, and all of a sudden, I just I just had this sense, like it was just this overwhelming sense. I couldn't even sing of just God's presence. And it's so peaceful, and it's so hopeful, and it's so encouraging. And we lose that so much of the time because we just keep ourselves so busy. And again, please do not hear me giving you a list of rules and a list of things you have to do. I'm just saying that there is the presence of God. And it's saying here, he just, he tucked himself away. What we normally do is like if, if some superstar, like he was kind of like a, like a superstar, what we do is some superstar becomes a Christian and we put them in front of, you know, 40,000 people in a stadium and we're like, oh, look at this amazing person. Now teach us a wise one. And they're like literally like three days old in the Lord. They don't know anything about the Lord. You know, they're just famous. Isn't this what we do? Anybody else seen that happen? I mean, I even look at, you know, Justin Bieber became a Christian and it's like, you know, now everybody's watching him with it like a microscope. And poor guy, it's like he's, he's a human being. He's a broken guy. You know, I, do, I pray for him because he's, he's in the spotlight. Whether you love him or whether you hate him, he's, you know, he, he claims to believe in God. He claims that he's come to Christ. But what we do is we give him a platform. But here, this is the example. Paul set himself apart and learned of God. And this is what we're called to do too, is to learn of God because that is the way to transformation. That is the only way to transformation. You know, you, we have this like, like one-time prayer. You know, we pray and we accept Jesus into our hearts and then we think we're just going to float on that. But the thing is, there. I was telling somebody between first, uh, first and second service, you know, it's like God is an eternal God. We are going to spend eternity getting to know more about him. And he has given us this perfect book that will transform lives. I can tell you story after story after story of people who started to read the Bible and their lives were absolutely transformed. I don't know if you remember, but a few months back, we had a excellent video. It was a story of a young guy named Josiah. He <clears throat> Sometimes he plays the keyboards, got the mohawk. You guys know who I'm talking about? And Josiah was sharing his story, and he got crazy. I mean, the guy got really crazy. He was raised in the Christian church, but then he just did his own thing for a while. But what was the thing that changed his life? 
He had a revelation of Jesus through reading this. And, and if you don't know where to start, if you've never read the Bible before, if you've, if you've never experienced this before, I'll tell you the Psalms are prayers to God. The Psalms will tell you about the character of God. Proverbs will give you wisdom in kind of interpersonal relationships. The book of John will talk to you about who Jesus is. Who You know, you can really get to know Jesus through reading the book of John. So if you don't know, find somebody who, who can walk with you maybe. You know, get into a, a, a community group or come to these Bible studies so you can really learn about who God is because we have so many misperceptions about who God is, not to mention that there is an evil, evil force that wants to keep you from understanding who God is, who wants to keep you from being transformed. There is an enemy of your souls. Amen? Anybody see him at work and his minions? Not the cute little yellow ones with the big glass. We're talking demonic forces that want to hurt you. They want to kill you. They want to steal from you. They want to rob your joy. They want to divide you from other people. They want to cause you to feel bitterness. They want to cause you to hate. These are all demonic forces that want to lie to you. They want to tell you who you are. They want to misinterpret who you are. And the Bible says we need to stand firm against them. But one of the ways, this is called the sword of the Spirit. Understanding and knowing what the Bible says will transform your life. Then when those flaming arrows of doubt, when those lies come into your mind, say, oh, you're worthless. No, the Bible says that I'm holy and dearly loved. It says, oh, well, you haven't done enough. You have to do more. No, it says you, it is by grace you've been saved through faith not of your works, lest any man boast, or where it says, oh, I deserve to be bitter against so-and-so because of how they hurt me. And Jesus says, no, forgive. No matter what, forgive so that you can be forgiven, so you can be set free. You know, there's this new song. um, It's not that new, but it's my jam. um, And it's called Gyra. Anybody heard that song by Maverick City? I love that song. And um, I don't know if, if you know or not, but my father passed away in late May. And so I've been in a period of grief and a um, period of, of real mourning. And uh, there's kind of just been like a cloud over me. You know, I've just kind of felt like this, like sadness, this like kind of low-grade sadness, low-grade grief. And I've been crying out to God and just praying to God and just asking him, you know, to to give me hope, to give me, to fill me with joy and all of these things. And I've been asking him. And the other night I was just worshiping the Lord and I was singing this song, Jaira. And there's this part where this woman comes in and she sit and she says, I'm already loved. I'm already chosen. I know who I am. I know what you've spoken. And then it breaks out and it's, and that is enough. And they all just start singing. If you haven't heard the song, I just love this song. It's so healing. And that is enough. That what God says about you is enough. Who you are in Christ to know that he loves you. 
And the cool thing is he knows everything you've done. And he still loves you. And I believe this is a word for somebody here. This is a, I believe that by the Spirit of God, you need to hear what I'm about to say. The other night, I was watching um, my grandkids and, and my two-year-old granddaughter. It was actually in late afternoon. And she woke up from her nap. And she asked me if she could cuddle with me. And I'm like, I am all over that. So we just sat on the couch. She just, she just laid on me. She just rested for the longest time. And I just feel like somebody needs to hear this, that that is how God wants to heal your brokenness. That you're broken, you're feeling abandoned. You're feeling like God's forgotten you. You feel like there's no hope in your situation. You're in despair. You're anxious. You're depressed. And he's just saying, I just, I just want to give you rest. I just want to heal your brokenness. Sit with me. Just come and sit with me. And I know that this, if you came out of an abusive home, this, is, this feels so distant try to separate yourself from your earthly parents and understand that you have a loving heavenly father who is perfect, who loves you perfectly, who's saying, just come and rest. I want to hold you and I want to heal you. Anybody need to hear that today? Yeah. And listen to Jaira too. <laughs> you know, I really believe that right now, you know, there's so much brokenness because of COVID I know everybody's so sick of talking about COVID, but it is a reality. It has changed us forever. And I do believe that God is using it to draw us to him. God is using it to show us how desperate we are for him. There's so much depression and so much anxiety and so much despair and so much uncertainty, isn't there, right now? And, and, and yet... God is a God of hope. He's a God of promises. He is a God who says that he wants to bring transformation to us. That's what's in his heart. He doesn't want us to walk in fear. He doesn't want us to be depressed and anxious and, and, and freaking out all the time and worrying. He wants to give us peace. He wants to restore peace to us. It says in Galatians 1.23, this is Paul, it says they simply kept hearing, the guy who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God because of me. The Lord is in the business of transforming lives. I could tell you hundreds, literally hundreds of stories of transformed lives. I mean, even I just look around the room. And I see story after story of people who were one way and they radically transformed, 180 degree turnaround. Now, if you were raised in the church and this hasn't happened to you, I still want to offer you the hope. God can bring transformation to you even today. God can bring a transformation and a breakthrough to you. And that's what his desire is. But, but I mean, I'm telling you, it's like, You've heard the stories. My, my late husband was a cocaine dealer. 
And he got radically transformed when he had a revelation of Jesus Christ. And then he began, he was like, I can read this whole thing in three days. And I'm like, go ahead. <laughs> like, who's stopping you? Like, he, he really set himself apart and he didn't take his nose out of the Bible. And he became one of the most active evangelists I've ever known in my life. He brought more people to faith in Jesus than anybody I've ever known in my life. He was 180 degree transformation. Chris is sitting back there. He's the guy that plays the guitar up here. Do I have permission to share? Yes. <laughs> you know, you look at Chris now and you're like, oh yeah, he was probably raised in a Christian home. That guy, he's so Christ-like. He's probably never even sinned. He's sitting back there, yep. Chris was a meth addict. He was addicted to painkillers. The guy was a mess. <laughs> but for real. And he and his wife separated. And she went, she was doing her thing. And he got to the point where he was desperate. He was at the lowest point of his entire life. And we had given him a Bible, and he brushed the dust off of it and opened it up to the exact psalm that transformed his life. And he eventually became born again, born of the Spirit of God. And one night he came to our house, and we were having, we were having just like a little home group for a bunch of people who had just become Christians. And we were sitting around, and... Um, Chris was just so broken that night, and he was sharing with us how devastated he was that his wife had left him, and he didn't know what was happening, and he didn't know what was going to happen, and he was so broken over this. And so we all prayed, and we prayed specifically, her name is Amy, and we prayed that Amy would have a revelation of Jesus Christ. And guess what happened? That night, the Lord woke her up, and she had a revelation. And the next week, Chris walks in with her. You can just imagine. Yeah, imagine that. How much faith that built in our new believers. I mean, it was, it was a miracle. I mean, because she was living down in a meth house. I mean, she was, she was like, if you see her now, you wouldn't even, people don't even believe me when I tell them about Amy, like, she was mean. Like, we butted heads. I mean, she, now you see her, and she's literally the sweetest person on the face of the earth. And you'd think the same thing. You'd think, she probably grew up in a Christian home, but it's like the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Ira, he has a dramatic testimony of God's transforming power. Josiah, I mean, there, there, there was a young lady that was here first service. She has, she has had the most radical transformation just from coming to know what the Bible says about who God is, just spending time in God's presence. I mean, there's just story after story after story. My pastor from California, he was raised in Philly, and he was an atheist, and he became a pot farmer. He lived down in Big Sur in California. He lived in a cave and grew pot, waited for his crop to come up, and he ended up becoming a Christian, and he ended up becoming a pastor. 
I mean, this is, this is not just like these decisions that he made. Like he made all the right choices and then he had a revelation of Jesus Christ and he was radically transformed and then he became a pastor. It's crazy. It's crazy what God does. But it is a transformation. But I want to give you hope. If you're like, well, that's not my story. I haven't had a story like that. I didn't have anything that dramatic. You still can. Like you can have a major breakthrough even today. You can have a radical transformation even today, even in your situation. Even though everything looks so dark right now, even, every, even though everything looks so hopeless, and it, you feel like you need a miracle, like a legit miracle, or you feel like you're, you're just so depressed that you're never going to snap out of this, or you're so broken, or your body's broken, or your bank account's broken, and you're just like, I just, I can't even hope again. I want to tell you, he is here, and he is available, and he wants to transform you. He wants to give you a revelation of who he is, and he wants to give you hope again. This is not the end of your story. This is not the end of the story. Changed lives. I'll tell you, the one truest evidence of a life that's been transformed is that life brings life. That life brings life to other people. It brings encouragement. It brings comfort. It brings hope. You know, the whole religious spirit, what the religious spirit does is it sucks the life out of people. It says, you're not good enough. You haven't done enough. You are not worthy. You are not great. But the spirit of the Lord says, you are chosen. You are loved with an everlasting love, God wants to bring you back to that place of peace with him, and he wants to reveal himself to you. And this is where I get this. Psalm 16, verse 11, this is the NIV, and it says, you make known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. The Christian Standard Version says, you reveal the path of life to me. I want you to receive this from the Lord. This is a promise. You reveal the path of life to me. In your presence is abundant joy. Even though they're killing Christians all over the world, They're martyring Christians. The Taliban is starting to become strong. All these things, all these scary things, COVID-19, all of these things. It says here, in your presence is abundant joy. And that's what happened to me yesterday. I, I woke up in the morning and I got up and I just started declaring who God is. I just started praising him, even in the midst of that storm, just saying, you are holy, you are sovereign, you are in control, you are almighty, you are good, you are kind, you are forgiving, you are compassionate. I just started naming God's characteristics. And it was like, just through praise, something broke in me. Something broke. And all of a sudden I had joy. And it's like, that's this scripture. 
right here, right here. This is not just me because I'm so holy because I'm the pastor. This is because I have been pressing in for months, literally. I'm just keeping it real here. I've been pressing in going, God, I need a breakthrough, Lord. Just feel like this, this heavy weight. And boom, it was in an instant. And I was like, whoa, something changed. So I just want to encourage you just through praising him. And the way to praise him is to know what he says about himself so that you can praise him in a way that brings him glory. It's like, know what the Bible says about God. That's why I say, if you don't know where to start, start in the Psalms. That'll, that'll help you see what the character of God is. Even if you, you're just broken or you're hurting or whatever, Psalms are just life. Psalms have been sustaining me over the last five years, for real. But it says, in your presence is abundant joy. So it's not just this, this one-time transformation thing that happens when you have a revelation, but it's an ongoing transformation in his presence where truth can be spoken to you that can dispel those lies, that can dispel those things that are holding you back. Because true freedom really means that we can worship God fully and and love God and love other people. You know, because people are always like, well, it says I'm free. We sing all these songs about I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. Actually, true freedom is having the freedom to love God and to love other people, even though we will stumble, even though we will sin, we will fall. Unfortunately, that's just the reality of this body of death that we carry around. But we're forgiven people. And in his presence is fullness of joy. It's abundant joy. And it says, and at his right hand are eternal pleasures. I just want to say right now, if, if, if you could stand up right now and And just imagine, I don't want to get weird, but I already am weird, but um, just imagine that you're holding God's right hand. You know, imagine yourself, I am a child of God. Imagine you're a kid, you're just holding his right hand. And you're just feeling covered you're feeling safe. You're feeling like, he, he, like he's going to take you somewhere beautiful, that he is going to provide for you, that he's going to bring healing to you, he's going to protect you. And he loves you with an everlasting love. And he wants to bring you healing, even today. In his presence, If you could just hold your hands out like this as a symbol, you want to receive it. Lord, in your presence is abundant joy. Lord, we thank you. We praise you, God. We are so grateful that you promised to give us abundant joy. Lord, help us to be aware of your presence. Help us to to be hungry and thirsty for you. Lord, that you will satisfy us. God, as we, as we come into your presence, as we just sit with you and hang out with you and read the Bible and just pray and praise you and worship you, God, we just ask, God, that you would transform 
every one of us. Lord, and I pray for this church. Lord, I pray that you would bring a transformation to each one of us. We would be transformed, Lord, by the renewing of our minds. God, that we would no longer believe lies about either you or about ourselves. But we would only speak truth. We would only believe truth. And you would set us free. And you would bring us that breakthrough, Lord, and that transformation that we yearn for. And we thank you that it is available. And right now, I just speak that blessing over every person listening right now. I speak that blessing of the abundant joy, the transformation, the breakthrough. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. If you have never come to Christ, if you have never been forgiven and and you're carrying around shame, or you're just confused, you don't, you, you don't know if you're born again or not, I just want to say, today is the day. Today is the day you can receive eternal life. You can be set free. You can be delivered. If you have never come to Christ and you want to be forgiven, you want to be born again, you want to be filled with His Spirit, you want to experience the abundant joy, I just ask that you just slip your hand up. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Amen. Anybody else? Anybody? Amen. All right. Well, Lord, we thank you, God. We thank you for these, Lord. We ask in the name of Jesus, God. We thank you, Lord, that you know us. And God, you love us with an everlasting love. Can we just, can we just pray a prayer together? I'll just say it and you repeat after me. Okay. Can we do that? Heavenly Father, We thank you. You are good. You are forgiving. We need you, Lord. Thank you for Jesus, for dying on the cross for our sins, so we can be reunited with our Creator. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Forgive us for our sins. Fill us with joy in your presence. We bless your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yay, God. Um, if, you, if you just received Jesus, if you just were born again, um, either ask the person who brought you or find somebody that looks like they know what they're talking about. <laughs> And, and we'd love to walk with you and talk with you and, and go to the classes on Wednesday nights. That's one way you can really come to understand who God is. So God bless you guys. I will see you next week. We're going to start talking about the promises of God. I promise.